For information on becoming a guest on Women to Watch, or if you have questions for Susan or any of her guests, please call 215-313-5561 or email srocco233 at gmail.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to another week of Women to Watch. My name is Susan Rocco and I'm here every Saturday on 1180 WFYL sitting down with some amazing women in the Philadelphia area and beyond actually. Um, And today I'm thrilled to have someone in the studio who I'm very grateful she she trekked down from New York this morning um, all the way to be with us, so I'm very happy. Um, I'd like to welcome uh, to the show Natalie Michal. CEO and founder of Natalie Michelle. Am I pronouncing that right? You are. Yay. I'm so happy that you did. <laughs> Most people don't, but thank you for that. That was my I first shot. I meant, to, I meant to ask you. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. <laughs> Natalie Michelle. Thank you. It's beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming in. I, I'm Pleasure. so looking forward to this interview. Happy to be here. Um, I, I, you know, I have so many questions and there's um, so much information uh, because you've done a lot of great things in, a, I think, a short period of time. So um, we're going to start right out with talking about your background, and I'd love to hear about you as a young girl growing up in, I believe, New York, uh, New Jersey, rather? Cliffs? I, I did. I grew yes. up in Cliffside Park, New Jersey. Okay. Very blue-collar, middle America kind of a town. I grew up, I had two siblings and parents who worked very, very hard. So I kind of came up, was brought up with that work ethic of, you know, you go from morning till night, no matter what you're doing, if you're doing, if you're in school or if you're working, or if you're playing sports, whatever it is, you give 150%. That's how my parents ro- you know, raised me. Right. So, um, but I was one of those overachievers in school. And I, you know, I, I was in one of these uh, schools that really didn't nourish or encourage anything beyond local colleges. And so I really had no guidance. Okay. As a young girl. And Which I so think was probably the case for just our generation back there. Not as much as today. Not as much as today. Right. I, ag- I agree with that. And I think that for some people, um, they'll fall into it and they'll kind of stay stagnant for some of their life. And for other people that find that to be, you know, a challenge. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, when I had my first opportunity to step outside of New Jersey, not that there's anything wrong with New Jersey, but outside of the only thing that I knew. Right all the doors opened and I, my own eyes opened. And so I was able to see that there's a whole world out there and I wanted everything. Right. (laughs) And so, you know, and that's, that's really where all of my curiosity came from was, wow, there's a whole world I didn't even know existed more or less. Right. But I would imagine you got a lot of that from watching your parents being two hardworking people. And um, I'm sure that they had conversations with you about working hard. I would say that it was not as much conversational as it was me really watching them and learning from them and being cognizant of their mentality and their work ethic. And Mm -hmm. for many families that I grew up with, college was on the table, off the table. You know, it was just you wanted to go, you could go, you, you know, did you have the financial means to go? Right. For me, my dad, you know, he also struggled um, financially, but he said, if you can get in, you can go. And even now, I almost tear up thinking about that. And because I was thinking to myself back then, how are you going to pay for it? He said, that's not your problem. Oh, that's wonderful. We'll figure it out between, you know, among all of us, me, your mom, you, you know, if you have to work, you'll work. If you, you know, so I was raised with, you don't use the obstacle as a way, as an excuse. Right. And that has helped me massively in everything I've done because I learned really not to see barriers. And to me, that was the biggest gift that my dad gave me. Yeah, that's so wonderful. You know what? This is the perfect time for me then, (coughs) excuse me, to read your, um, uh, there's a quote on your website that (laughs) for some reason really resonated with me and my husband as well. So I said I wanted to read it on the air. Um, You said 
Obstacles are nothing more than opportunity for change. Change is the foundation for growth and understanding, which is the gatekeeper to wild success in all of its forms. And isn't that true? I love that. What people don't realize is that when change occurs, it can also be good. It's not necessarily bad. Right. And the right way to approach it is, wow, changes are coming. (laughs) Good things are coming. Right. Everything's going to get better. And... I don't mean better that one would be in a bad place, but it's a, you know, a, a change, a different opportunity, something you didn't know or see before. I think that the obstacles are the best friends that we have. Yeah. Because you can't get change without the obstacles. Exactly. It happen. Exactly. And, and if things just kind of come easy, mm. you're left you with not having to, you know, uh, you know think and, that's and right. come up with new ideas and that's right know. be inventive and creative exactly. and exactly. have a drive and move there's always change everywhere and change i think for most people uh, feels like such a barrier that they cr- that they they shrink yes they shrink right. instead of rising yes. to the occasion right so if it's really it's really just perspective yeah if we all um, women specifically just take the perspective of let me rise to the occasion, whatever this is, bring on the lesson. Right, right. Bring exactly. it on, bring it on, bring it on. Right. In fact, encur- I encourage it. Yes, right. Because we can't control. No, Guess we what? can't control it. We can't it. control it. And you, you know have what? To when it's good, it's also going to change. Exactly. Right. So you can't really count on any of it. And you know what? That's the cycle of life. That's the journey. Right. That's what we sign up for here. That's right. It's the journey. That's right. That's so That's so true. Um, let's talk about, I'm going to jump ahead to, you went to college at the University of Illinois. Yay. <laughs> I'm a big I'm a big supporter You're of You're loyal. Yes, Good. Yes, I Good. am. And uh, you you majored in communications, I believe. I did. I actually started out, believe it or not, as a voice major. Okay. I was a singer and I was a theater minor. And you know, I think since I was about 8 years old, I had I don't know who planted it in my head. I don't know if it was me, uh, the news, entertainment, my parents. I don't know who it was, but I thought I wanted to be an actress. From the age of 8, until and I could sing actually so it kind of helped that dream at the time and I went to school for it and I got in school and I realized I don't want to do this (laughs) what am I doing and I spent all these years I mean studying abroad and really trying to put forth all the energy that I was telling you that I felt like I had I was I was putting forth all my energy into that and what I'm very proud of is that I was brave enough, which I'm hoping other people will take away something from this. It's that you can be brave enough to admit that you were wrong. Right. Or not necessarily wrong, that you need to, it's every decision isn't a definitive yes. decision. Right. And you can, there's room for change. That's right. That's right. There's room for change and growth. Right. It sounds so cliche to say, you know, it's a journey. It is uh, a journey. But it is. And you can rethink and, and change your focus um, as often as you want, as long as you're moving forward, I guess. Correct. Right. Correct. In both, in whatever direction you want to go into, you're growing personally, spiritually, you're, you're moving in the direction of fulfilling your happiness, you know. Right. If you, as long as you're happy, right, really. Right, I changed professions, actually, within the entertainment field, I, I think, seven times. Okay. Well, that's, you know, that's a great example. And I, I wanted to kind of, you know, be able to cover that in this hour, if we can, um, that you did do that. And, and every time you did it, w- it was for a specific reason to, to move to another part in your life where you were growing. That's right. I think that um, each one, I felt, I didn't really know why I changed. I just knew I had to. So I was listening to my inner voice and saying, this isn't exactly right. I still sort of like what I'm doing, but mm-hmm. it's not exactly right. And I think, you know, sometimes I go and I speak um, often to colleges of college kids who mm-hmm. are graduating or juniors or even sophomores that are trying to figure out what to major in. And I always tell them that, j- you know, you're not stuck. And there's room, if you make a decision, let's say that you want to be like I was in, um, let's say, casting for a while. I knew I enjoyed the environment. I knew I enjoyed entertainment. I really didn't like what I was doing. That's not to say anything against casting. It just wasn't for me. It wasn't really fulfilling what I wanted out of a job, a lifelong career. Right, right. And so I kept changing and changing. And there's a stigma attached to changing. But there doesn't have to be as long as you're taking care of yourself. Yeah, yeah. And you're being responsible about the changes. Right. 
I don't really see anything wrong with it. I think they were relieved to yes. hear that. Yes. And you know what I love when I share, when I have women come in and they talk about the changes that they've made in their life, you said it so well. It's not a defining moment, every decision That's that right. you make. That's right. It you doesn't know? define you. No, it does not. Um, let's. So you graduated college. I did. And um, I would be neglectful if I didn't talk about your job at Harpo Productions because she's kind of a big deal. My, one of my favorite jobs. Yeah. One of I, my favorite people. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I bet. She's wonderful. And I can't imagine. You, uh, you know, for me to ask you what did you learn from that, I would imagine oh there's gosh. a lot of things. Could talk forever about it. The best thing you know came to me that I got this job very early on. It was my very first professional job after I decided to. Um, I actually tried acting for a while in New York City and I and, and I finally said you know this is it enough is enough I need to change gears and the way I got the job at the Oprah show was um, I was in New York and I was married at the time and my um, husband then had gotten a job in Chicago and I said How, what am I going to do in Chicago I don't have any connections I don't even the, the entertainment industry there really isn't so prevalent I right. didn't know what I would right. do and did you have children at that time I didn't you did I didn't okay. I had just been married about six months and so I took some time to myself and said well how would I be happy there because I, you know, I took on responsibility of being married and I was, he, this is where we had to go. How, what would make me happy? And I said, well, the only thing that I can think of right now that would really make me so excited would be to work for Oprah. And it was so random. I thought, let me try. Yeah, she's here. This is her hometown. Right. It's her hometown. <laughs> let me try. Right. So I called everybody I knew. Do you have any connections to Oprah? Do you have any connections to ABC? How can I get? And eventually I got an interview and um, I got hired. I believe I was the only one. It was an entry level position. Mm -hmm. And I was the only one at the time that didn't have a master's in communication. So it wasn't easy to get. Right. And I knew from the day that I stepped foot into Harpo Studios that my whole life had changed. Because you could feel when you're in a place with that kind of aura, these are the best people in their field right you feel it not just from Oprah you feel it from the producers you feel it from the, the production assistants who are at the top of their class at Medill in in Chicago you yeah, know at yeah. uh how at exciting yeah it was really exciting yeah so uh, but I was 24 at the time I mean I was very young and yeah. so that laid the foundation for uh, my work ethic for my being able to spot talent and good talent and uh, it really it, it set the bar high for me and so I was able to carry that with me wherever I went because right. I noticed other places that I went didn't hold that bar why they didn't learn it yeah right right she held us to a very high standard and don't you see that it uh, so much of that trickles from the top in other words who, whoever's running that show if they are professional absolutely and ethical and they they care about character that that's who they attract and bring into their, you're, their absolutely, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And everyone had the same work ethic and we were able to connect not just professionally, but as humans. Right. And it was a very big women's environment. And that was so enlightening to me because right. the industry really isn't women heavy, but it was there. Right. How brilliant, how brilliant to be able to work under and around and for some of the brightest and best talent in yeah. you know and in how industry. wonderful for you at such a young age to t for that to be one of your first jobs overwhelming and wonderful yeah we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we'll talk a little bit about you know, some of the things you did in the industry great okay from willow grove to westchester Pottstown to philadelphia it's news talk 1180 wfyl what woman out there is not tired of the department store shopping experience? Unkept dressing rooms, no customer service, and never being able to find the right size. This is your answer. Come shop with us. We are best dressed, and we are the most exciting new way to shop the beautiful private label of W by Worth. If you're tired of wearing only 20% of your clothing 80% of the time, Wardrobe building is a must, and we can show you how to do that and save money. Best Dressed is a business that offers a luxury brand of clothing that will forever be in your closet and always your favorite thing to wear. For the absolute best customer service, easy purchasing and returns, personal custom fitting, and shopping when it's most convenient for you, please contact Best Dressed at 215 266 
1-800-242-5680. And be sure to view collection at wbyworth.com. At Blue Bell Physical Therapy, our goal is to get you back in the game, back to work, and back to your normal way of life. Our highly respected team provides preventative and rehabilitation services from everyday physical and occupational therapy to post-operative rehab of your knees, shoulders, or spine. Bluebell Physical Therapy focuses on achieving each patient's maximum level of recovery. Bluebell Physical Therapy, the treatment you need for the therapist you trust. News Talk 1180 WFYL, streaming live at 1180WFYL.com. I'm Hey everyone, we're back in the studio today with Natalie Mashal, who is a CEO and founder of Natalie Mashal, and we're here on 1180 WFYL. And uh, Natalie has her background. Just for, if you're just tuning in, um, has been in the television industry, uh, in media, in promotions, and um, she had sit, since made a change and started her own company in order to help um, others who are looking to break into television figure that out, how to go about it. Um, when Right before the break, we were talking about Natalie's time at uh, Harpo Productions, and she spent a couple of years there as a producer. And um, I wanted to know if we could talk a little... That job, I'm sure, taught you some tremendous things. And what was it that specifically you took from your time there before you ventured on to your next job? I think... I think, as I was mentioning, I think the idea of setting the bar high was the overall concept that I took with me um, that was invaluable. But beyond that, it really was about how to connect emotionally with a viewer and how to storytell. And that was really the foundation of everything I ended up doing, which is in television development, is all rooted in storytelling. Right. And Oprah, nobody tells stories better than Oprah. Right. And so I really learned how to get from A to B and to feel something along the way. And I think that's, in my opinion, the difference between a, a successful segment or clip or piece as small or short or as long as a, even a movie it's about uh, ne- connecting emotionally right, with right. the consumer, the viewer, whomever it is, right. and storytelling well. And so I think that's really what I took away from it and what I was able to pass along right. in, my further, in my work in the future. Yeah. I, I would imagine you had that naturally, though. I think some people are just naturally connect with others, care, are curious. You know, yes. when you look at Oprah, I think she has that. That's right. That she's genuinely interested yes. in, in her guest and what their story is. Absolutely. It's organic. Yes. And I think that Oprah hires people that she sees that within them right. organically. Right. And um, that's not easy to find. That doesn't mean everybody's a clone of each other. Right. No. It just everybody brings something different to right. the table. Everyone right. comes from a different place, a different background. And um, but they all have that one thread in common is that they have that innate ability to uh, pull stories out of people because they feel it themselves. Right. Right. And so, yes, that was invaluable to me for sure. Yeah. So let's talk about your your next step. What you left Harpo Productions and I did. And what did you do next? I left Harpo and I was uh, pregnant at the time. And so when I went back to New York, I, I left Harpo, went back to New York while pregnant. I didn't know. Well, you know, I had that mommy guilt thing going on. Am I going to work? Am I not going to work? And so I took a job not in production, knowing the production. I used to work about, you know, 14 to 19 hours a day sometimes. I mean, it was a really long day. And being eight months pregnant, I really couldn't do that. So I took a job in promotions at at King World's. which was the distributor of the Oprah show. Okay. And so it was easy for me to get a job there and promotions for Inside Edition and um, a a show called Rolanda, an American Journal. They all were collectively produced by King World. And so I promoted all those shows. And it was a much less demanding um, time, workday. Right. And that was great for me at the time. And that's kind of where I started my development roots because... I had access to people that I'd never had access to, development people at King World that were also housed in the same building. And so I partnered with um, one of the producers there, and we, that's where we pitched our very first show. Now, it didn't go anywhere, but it set the roots that I was intrigued, and I really enjoyed it and liked it. Yeah. Um, and then from 
promotions, I decided that I didn't love promotions. I liked it. I didn't love it. I wanted to experience different facets of the industry. So once I had my my little girl, Nikki, uh, I stayed home from work not so long. I would say a year, mm-hmm. maybe two, maybe a year and a half, and I needed to get back. So I went back into promotions, and that was when I made the decision that it wasn't for me. And I moved on to another job. I moved on to an affiliate relations job. I moved on to a casting job. I tried very different parts of the industry right. until I felt at home. Um, and eventually, I went back to production at CBS, and I did a daytime a nationally syndicated show called Living It Up with Allie and Jack with uh, Allie Wentworth and Jack Ford. And that was a great experience. The best part that came out of that was that, again, I had access to development um, individuals from King World that used to make their presence known and creators of the show. And I connected with these people and it set me on a whole new path. Yeah. They were you, an inspiration for me. It seems that you were, dr- you know, promotions is not as, you know, you're promoting somebody else's stuff. That's let's right. Say, and you have a creative side yes. and you wanted to be more involved in that. I did. I think promotions can be creative, but if you're not o- organically connected to it and you don't feel like that's your gift, then it's hard to be the best at it. Right. Right. And I knew I wasn't the best at it. I knew there was something else. Right. And so that's when I moved on and move back into production and then eventually um, establish my own development company. Right. Okay. So just uh, give me in a quick snippet, what is production? In other words, what does it encompass? A lot of people hear that term, executive producer. Sure. You know, what do you do? What does it mean? I know everybody asks me that. They don't even really know what a producer means. I I hear you. Well, the problem is that the word producer means different things in different industries. So for example, um, in the film industry, a producer or an executive producer could mean, not necessarily mean, um, the money guy, the financier of the project. It could mean the writer uh, of a project. That's not what it means in television. So it gets confused because the lines are so close because they're both, you know, entertainment under the fall under the umbrella of entertainment. They're two very separate things. Okay. A producer in television is the person that takes a concept, flushes it out, and makes it come to life. By doing that, they book experts or um, people to help tell the message, Whoever, whomever uh, would be the best to do that. Sometimes it's an expert. Sometimes it is an author. Um, and that's for daytime. When you're talking about a producer, let's say for reality television, which I also did, that person is the person that is, again, the storyteller. The person that takes the story and makes it entertaining and able to connect with with its viewer. And, you know, in that are a whole bunch of things. We have somebody to cast um, in in television and we have to be a part of that decision because we have to be able to tell the story with the right people. So it's everybody working in tandem, really. It's a lot of parts. A, a lot, lot of, of moving parts. parts. Yes. The producer really is the person that puts it all together. There's right. somebody right. who is a field producer that goes out and shoots a little piece that you see when they roll tape um, that's out of the studio. Then someone puts that together and the producer is in charge of the bigger picture for whatever piece they're in charge of, whether it be a segment or a full hour long or half hour long show. Right. Okay. Um, I, d- I want to kind of switch gears for, sure. for a second. You mentioned your daughter and... Um, I wonder what, and I know she she's older. She's not a she is a little one. I have uh, four kids, um, 16, 14, 6, and five. Okay, um, I wonder. You know, a lot about this show is trying to to tell stories to really help women um, realize that they have something to offer. Yes, and I think women often look around at all the other women and and feel they should be doing what they're doing Mm -hmm. rather than figuring out what it is, what their gift is. And I'd love to know what you say to your daughter to help to build that self-esteem because I I have always felt that there's a big difference between self-esteem and confidence. I think there's a lot of young girls and women out there with a lot of confidence and they're doing things and they're saying things and they're presenting, but inside the self-esteem is really not there. I had a woman on the show recently who, who said uh, there's a lot of imposters Absolutely. running around. Actually, I, that's right. And, you know, I feel like when I grew up, people used to use the phrase, you know, fake it till you make it and all that kind of stuff. And it so goes against the grain of what we are about now. Right. Um, right. As women and as a culture, as a human race, we're all about authenticity and 
the difference to me with self-esteem between self-esteem and confidence is that the self-esteem brings along the confidence. The self-esteem is really about just being okay. And that doesn't mean being complacent. That means being proud of who you are. Right. And understanding that life is not perfect, but I fit, I am comfortable with myself in this world. And that brings you everything else. And, you know, for my daughters, I think the, you know, the thing that they struggle with the most, which I think is different from when we grew up is that they're really trying to understand this new terminology that we're using in the world. Like these words like organic and authentic and finding myself and putting the real you out there. And, but you know, really it is going back to roots of being a, a good human being and teaching your kids good values and, we deviated from that. I feel like a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like all we're doing is just we're moving forward but regressing at the same time in, in understanding what is important to right. teach your children. Right. Or, or also we're, we're saying these, all these right things yes. but we're not living it. You that's know, right. That's it true. It sounds really nice to say organic and yes. authentic and natural. And, and I use those words. That's but right. you have to live it. You have to believe it. I don't know if anybody... Not anybody. I don't know that most people understand what that means. I don't know that they know who they really are. I think they are trying to be who they think they want to be or that other people want them to be. Right. Instead of just breaking themselves down and understanding what really makes them happy. It's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. And and kind of self, self I think you do have to do some self-searching. Like just be, do. be, be quiet, you know, and still... I and agree. think what what is important to me and and what makes me feel comfortable. That's when right. When am I my most comfortable? That's right. That's right. We have different opportunities now as women, and um, you know, I'm thrilled about it. Yeah. For my children, and for their children. Right. You know, I think we finally do have the. Um, I think we can play. I think now we can play. We just have to, you know, those those issues that we've always had for millions of years of women guilt, you know, how do I raise children? How do I balance children in a career? Right. Am I doing anybody any damage or harm by taking on both of those full force or full speed ahead? Right. So I think that will never go away, but how we deal with it has been changing. Right. Right. And you know, somebody said something recently that I'll never forget. They said, um, you hear the phrase, you can have it all, have it all, have it all. Well, guess what? You can have it all every day. Right. You can have it over a lifetime. That's right. Right? So if you just kind of try to, to balance and do your best each day, at the, you know, at the very end, hopefully you'll be happy with, with what you did. I always say that you can have it all, but not all at the same time. Th there you go. Right. Because it's true. Yeah. Um, something else you're involved in outside from your, your busy work day and raising your children is um, it's very important to you. You're working hard to help find a cure for food allergies. Yes. Yes. yes, yes and yes. I, that's so it's close to my heart. And it's um, gosh, it seems to me that there's an abundance of, of these allergies more than, again, generations prior. And I, what do you what can you tell us about that from the work you've done? Well, I know that when Nikki, my oldest one, started school, she's the one that's anaphylactic. She's severely allergic to a number of things, milk, eggs, peanuts, tree nuts. I know when she started school, she was literally the only one in her class. And I had to um, cry and beg and plead with uh, administrators and p other parents and friends and to explain and help them be compassionate, um, but at the same time, treat her like any other child. Because right. she is just a normal child, running around, having fun. She just... If she eats or um, inhales anything that is, you know, peanut-based or milk-based, I mean, she'll go into anaphylactic shock. It's a really serious thing. Right. So my biggest feat, and one something I'm very proud of in my life, is raising Nikki in a way where um, it doesn't allow, she doesn't allow that to define her. And she's working for a cure not only for herself, um, because when you work for a cure only for yourself, it's so self-centered and selfish, it feels like it doesn't go anywhere. She's working for a cure for the world, for her children and their children, for her friends, for their parents, for other people. Right. Because it com when it comes from the heart and it's a bigger prospect, you um, you push harder. That's so true. Anything that you do for others, you, yes. you do harder. You do. Definitely. Um, we're going to take one more quick break. And when we come back, um, I'd love to talk about just kind of... Um, end the program with some of the challenges 
that you face in your day-to-day, how you get through that, and, um, and of course, some of your wonderful successes. From Willow Grove to Westchester, Pottstown to Philadelphia, it's News Talk 1180 WFYL. Want your home to look great for company from out of town, moving to a new place, or just want the satisfaction of a clean, healthy home? Whatever your reason, everybody needs to clean. So why not choose the line of cleaning tools that makes your task easier? Quickie is your one-stop cleaning solution with everything you need to get the job done right. Whether you're cleaning one room or the whole house, Quickie has the right tool for you. It doesn't matter if you prefer a more traditional mop and bucket or if you'd like to save time with a new Quickie spray mop. Quickie has everything you need to get the job done. Founded in Philadelphia 60 years ago, Quickie's commitment to quality and value have helped it grow into the number one cleaning tool company in America. It's Quickie and it's clean. Look for Quickie products at Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, ShopRite, and other fine retailers near you. Is your online store cluttering your house and garage with your product? Does it require you to spend all your free time shipping packages, leaving you no time to work with new customers or develop new marketing initiatives? Now is the time to free up your space and time and let ABC Fulfillment provide you with cost-effective warehousing, order processing, and shipping for your products. Our 20,000-square-foot warehouse is conveniently located in Ambler, PA. ABC Fulfillment is a 100% woman-owned and operated business and has helped many small and mid-sized businesses solve their warehousing and order processing problems. We pride ourselves on our attention to detail as well as our excellent customer service. When you call us, you will always speak with someone who can help you solve your problem and not be asked to leave a message. Our personal touch and expertise separates us from the rest. Last year, we shipped over 150,000 packages for our customers, including order processing and shipping for the Jill Steals and Deals segment of the Today Show, saving our customers both time and money. If you would like to spend more time finding new products to sell, reaching new customers, and marketing your products, now is the time to call ABC Fulfillment. Please call 215-628-3154 and ask for Eileen or Lisa to help you get started. News Talk 1180 WFYL, streaming live at 1180wfyl.com. Hey everyone, we're back in the studio this afternoon with Natalie Mashal, who is CEO and founder of her own company called Natalie Mashal. And we are talking all about uh, a lot of different things uh, that have to do with women in business, um, in Natalie's case, we were discussing um, women in the TV industry and media, and I wanted to, to get right to what some of the challenges have been for you um, through all your your careers, I should say. Um, you spent some time actually in, in the real estate industry, in the wedding mm-hmm. industry, I noticed that. Yes. You've done quite a, um, a variety of different things. I still actually run um, businesses in those two industries. Oh, you do? Okay. I do. Um, other people run them for me, but I do have um, a, a toe in it. Good. Um, okay. And because I don't like to give up things that I love. Yeah. And as long as I can balance it properly, it's all about balance. Right. I feel right. like for me, it's really all about balance. Right. I have to, when I feel that something is not working, I just have to shift. Right. A little bit. Um, but as we were talking about before, you know, different days, different months, different years take different priorities for me. Right. Sometimes, you know, I had um, recently had two more little boys. So I have a five and a six year old and I worked a little less and I was home a little bit more. Now I work a little bit more, but I try to be home by a certain time so that I can you know, eat with the kids and read to them and put them to sleep. You know, as the kids get a little older, I'll have a little more flexibility. Um, So really for me, it's been all about balance. That is, I think the biggest challenge for everybody is managing the guilt. Right. The guilt that you're not giving enough time to one particular part of your life and family should be at the top. That's right. And it, 
it should be at the top. I, I actually had gotten divorced in the middle of my career. And so when I got remarried to just the most wonderful guy, I made it, that was a new priority that before I hadn't really realized needed to be a priority. It was only my children. Right. Um, I would say more or less. And we, rea- we, we don't really realize that in all the hustle and bustle of like, I have to manage the kids with the work. There's, you know, if you have a good relationship, there's a husband in that mix. Right. And right. you have to, you know, it's a give and take and you have to give the proper attention to that too so that your entire life is balanced and so that everybody is happy. Right. And not only that, I think there's no better loving example for your children That's right. than for them to see you in a wonderful, loving relationship. And supportive. With your husband. Yeah. And supportive. My husband says, you. he trusts me. So he... If a new project comes my way and I decide I want to do it, I don't look to him for approval to do it. He just supports my decision knowing that I am taking into consideration the livelihood of our family in that decision. I think that's very important. I love having that kind of trusting relationship. Right, right. And, you know, we talk a lot about um, balance. I think... um, uh, and sometimes it's talked about in almost a bragging way that people say, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. Mm. And they're saying that, um, I think, as a way to say, look, I'm maybe successful. how I'm su- important I am, mm. you know. And that's not a great thing to always be so busy that no. you're frantic. It's not, it's not good to live in a frantic state It's not day. healthy. And, it, and in my opinion, it's not dignified. Right. <laughs> it's just not. Right. And as I think any business professional will tell you the most successful ones are the calmest they're the listeners they are those that take um, problems and issues and situations in stride right so you can really tell the true colors of somebody you know when they're put in that category so I don't know that being so busy is really so impressive no exactly it's not it's It's more impressive to find somebody playing golf who you know is very successful right. <laughs> that can afford to, to, do, to that. do that. Yes. That's right. That they're balancing and managing their time well enough to do that. That's you right. Know. You know, um, my dad said to me when I was probably about 10 years old, y- you know, you need to focus on five things. And it was the five F's. Hmm. Okay. And my, my maiden name is Foley. Oh. So it was faith, family, fortune, fun, and fitness. That's great. And he said, and yes, in those order, in that order, in that order, in that's that order. So, you know, yeah, I, I've, I, I always I remember that. that I try to do that. I love that. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to know, um, you, obviously you're juggling a lot of different things. Um, when you wake up in the morning, mm. um, what is your mindset for, you know, women that are listening and they're mm-hmm. contemplating kind of venturing out and doing something new? What could you say to them um, that maybe would help them have that confidence to do it? In other words, I I think women look at someone like you and think, I could never manage all of that. But you do. And you're obviously doing it well. I I don't think. I go. And I think thinking too much stops you. And... You know, I, I'm put in my daily life. I get up and I can't wait. It's not, oh my gosh, I have this list. And, you know, today I'm going all the way to Philly to go see Susan. It's just, okay, this is on my list today. Talk to my kids in the car. Make sure everything's set up. I just move and go because, you know what? I like my life. Yeah. If you like your life and you enjoy what you're doing, you genuinely enjoy what you're doing, it's not work and it's not stressful and right. it's not um, a list that you're trying to desperately get through. Right. It's all, it's really all good. Now, not all of it is good. Some of it is obligatory and And stuff happens. Stuff happens absolutely day in and day out. And there are snags along the road, but it, you know, the big picture is it works itself out. It just does. Right. It really does. And so, you know, when I get up in the morning, I actually, (laughs) I don't know how much of this I should be disclosing, but I actually take (laughs) a a bath. That's Uh, my me time. Every day? Every day. Wow. Every day I get into a bath uh, at like 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning. Wow. And that is the time where I am able to be creative. And it's me time and it's calm time and then I go. Yeah, that's great. But and I think it takes it takes some discipline to to make that a priority. I wouldn't miss it. Yeah. When it becomes special and important to you and you know that, that you're getting something from it, you make it a priority. Just like going to the gym. Right. And that everyone around you who's in your life is going to benefit from that, 100%. from you taking care of yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what was it that made you decide to leave all of the producing mm-hmm. and that type of work and start your own company in order to help um, others kind of break, break through with uh, their dreams of being in television? Well, 
You know, I was on a panel once where um, an executive had mentioned um, to these paying individuals that had come to see him, see him and get some advice, and he said to them, um, you will never be able to get to me. And I was on that panel, and I was a small production company at the time and as an executive producer, and I thought to myself, yes, they can, and you can do anything you want. Right. What he meant by that wasn't, I don't want you to get to me. It's, there is no means by which you can get to me. And so that resonated with me. And I realized that there was no outlet for people who are talented that don't have connections to get their stuff seen. Um, sure, there are agents, but it's very difficult to get an agent. Right. Only the creme de la creme get agents. And there's and a lot of bad ones out there, I'm there sure. There are a lot of bad ones peddling bad stuff. Right. And so um, similar, I hate again to make the comparison, but I am a reality producer, um, to American Idol, we're finding that gem right, right. that deserves it because they are talented. They right. just didn't have the eyeballs. And so we're, I'm trying to bring that, um, those opportunities to people. Right. And how does someone who, who um, has, has these aspirations connect with you and... and I mean, other than I get, you know, we're going to give your website at the end of the interview, but yes. um, there's a lot of people out there with these aspirations and ideas. And where do they start with you? Let's well, say. Well, with me, what I've kind of honed in on is um, developing experts, and everybody has an expertise in within them. And so, it's what do you know that is a value to other people? And that's what I help. And what what can you? How can you monetize that? And so that's what I help. I start from the beginning. Actually, I started all stages, depending on where you are. Some people need a little more help than others. But it's a matter of developing yourself, aligning yourself with your brand, and then understanding how to navigate through the media world once you have all that stuff in place. And it's also building things that are essential, like materials, that you need to do that. Um, that's one arm of what I do. And that's really, that hits every industry. That hits um, your industry, fitness. It hits, you know, carpentry. It hits every industry. There right. are experts. Um, and not everybody aspires to sit on a national platform. Some people just want some local exposure. Um, some people think they want it and then they get it and they realize they don't really want <laughs> right. it. Right. Um, and the other thing I do is I am able, because of my history, able to take people's ideas for reality shows and create, develop, and um, help them pitch that. And when I say that, it's not, it's different from having a film script idea. What I mean by you have a reality show is means you are a part of a sector of life, whether it's a workspace or a family business or um, a culture or are involved in a certain experience or a certain kind of person, that that is um, going to be interesting to a viewer. And how do, how, am I, how do I do that? How do I sell that idea and that concept? Because they're looking for it. Right. We are looking for it. The industry is looking for it. Right. So I just help the, the little guy, so to speak, um, have some a voice. Right. You know, we, we talked earlier about the fact that there's not as big of a presence of women in the industry as men. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's been evolving. Yes. What, what types of things do you see happening that are helping to uh, place, put women in those types of positions, which is inevitably going to change the whole um, way television is run? Yes. Well, I think a few things. The first thing is, like we discussed before, I think that their confidence is there now. I think they feel like they deserve to be there and to be compensated for it. So that's, that's without being said, really, we're finally there, I feel like. Still working on it, but there. Mm -hmm. We're in the ballpark. Um, the other thing is that with the expansion of narrowcast or cable networks, there have been some very women-specific opportunities and women-centric um, networks like the Style Network and E! Entertainment and um, HDTV that are, have a larger women audience. And those are opportunities for women to be able to work for those companies. And not only women, but they're predominantly women. Right. Um, and so they can, because it comes organically and naturally to them. Right. And so those opportunities exist. It's not just one big, you know, five-channel broadcast network kind of a thing. There's... There are narrow cast networks now. So if anybody has an interest in anything, whether it's a women kind of thing or travel or there's something for everybody. Right, right. And uh, I think it's just given more opportunities to more people. Right. Do, do you find a difference working? You work with men and women. Yes, you I do. And um, just from a, um, I guess, an emotional standpoint, 
working with men and women because mm-hmm. I think we do things differently. We do. You know, um, men tend to be a little bit more uh, maybe goal-oriented and mm-hmm. um, structured yep, and looking mm-hmm. to the future and women are kind of more in the moment. Yes. What are some of the differences when you're working with men versus women? The approach is completely different. Um, women, I find now, appreciate and ask for the help. And that doesn't make them weak. They finally come to the realization that asking for help doesn't mean you're weak. It means I want to connect with you. You can help me. At some point, I'm going to be able to help you. And they can see how banding together with other women elevates us. Right, right. And doesn't weaken or make you seem individually weak. Right. Does that make sense? Yes, because I think it's actually smart to ask for help. It is. Right? It because is. Because that, that, that's, you're saying, I want to be better. That's right. And again, one of, the, one of the main, the golden rules in business is you can't do it all. You're not an expert in every department. You right. have to be able to surround yourself with people who can, you know, when I do, um, when I show run a show, budgets are not my thing. Um, storytelling is my thing. I, I do a lot of casting in my shows. I do all the hiring. Budgets are not my thing. I don't enjoy that part of it. So I don't feel like I excel in that department. I always have somebody else take care of it so that it is equ- it's equal to all my other strengths. Right, right. And that's nothing wrong with that. Right. I ask for help all the time. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, what it, you're do, you do a lot of different things. You know, you're, you're yes. casting, you're, um, are you writing? Yes, very much so. Um, You're speaking. Yes. What is your, what do you get most excited about? Helping, adding to the world. Um, That's why I wanted to do this because I think what you do is so inspiring. And I think that that everybody has to give a little bit. Right. And you get so much back when you do. And we're just trying to, you know, move forward as a, as a clan of women who are empowered and, and really looking to, um, to do great things in the world. And I think we can. Yeah. And you know what? That, for me, doing the show um, and trying to get women to come together and work together, it, it sounds maybe grand to say, oh, I want to change the world. But we know that the more women we have in leadership roles, mm-hmm. you know, policymaking decisions, those types of things, it will change the world. And we haven't been there yet. No. You know, we, historically, we, we haven't been there yet. We will. There's so many good things to come. Yeah. Um, We have a few minutes left, and I would love for you to just give a little bit of advice to the listeners, um, again, about, I know there's women out there that want to do something. Maybe somebody wants to be an entrepreneur and start their own business. Um, Maybe somebody wants to be an actor. Mm -hmm. What's a good first step? In other words, somebody's not in a position to come and and hire you to help them do that. Mm -hmm. What can they do on their own? I find that the thing that will help propel you forward the easiest is to decide that is the very first thing is to make a conscious conscious decision to yourself and to those around you that this is what I have decided and don't um, don't leave yourself open to changing that decision for a little bit right even if it ends up, as we that's said, right. not being the right one for now. That's right. Go but with when your you realize it's the wrong one, it's okay to change. But for now, decide and jump into it full force. The other thing that I always um, recommend to people is to every day do something to move yourself forward. Mm-hmm. Even if it's one thing. Because I find that we as a culture are very excuse ridden. And, you know, today I'm working and t- or today I don't have any time or t- I'm exhausted. I didn't sleep last night or my baby was up all night or whatever it is. There's always, there's always time to do one thing. Right. Right. A phone call, um, Google something that will, or a person or a contact reconnect with an old friend that may be able, um, to help you in some way. If you do one thing, all those things snowball and add up and you find yourself in an arena where um, opportunities exist. Yeah. But that gets back to that, you know, just do it. Just That's right. Just do it. The, the thinking makes you afraid. That's right. I agree with that. The other thing is, is to be open to opportunities. When opportunities are there, don't be scared of them. Make sure that you see the opportunity and you're not running away from the opportunity, but enhancing and grabbing onto the opportunity and I'm excited about it. Right. I find that a lot of women in particular, mm-hmm. um, again, the opportunity comes their way and they say, the timing's not right. Or, you know, they'll just go with it. And when the timing's not right, then you, when the barrier exists, then you fix it. Right. 
Right. You know, when the problem exists. Yeah. That gets back to your, your quote, which, which I love. And really, if you, if you look at challenges and change and all of that as a learning moment, definitely, it's so true. I mean, look at me. (laughs) (laughs) I walked in here out of nowhere now and said, Hey, I would like a radio show. See, you see what I mean? (laughs) And that's what you wanted. And look where you are. Look where you are. Look where it's gotten you. It's amazing what you're doing to help women. It's been it's been thrilling, and 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 this led me to meeting you, and I couldn't be happier. I I really I sense Same. such a tremendous um, willingness from you to really help others, and you you are successful, and you have a wonderful family, but you care, I and do. that's it's really really um, warms my heart. Thank you. Yeah. And and I'm hoping that everybody else will care too, and if we all collectively care, right. We need to keep we need to keep putting Moving it out forward. there and talking about it. And these kind of conversations, I think, are really valuable. They're terrific, and thank you yeah. for having me. It's terrific. Um, before we we leave, I'd love for you if someone wants to contact you, what's the best way to do that? You can go to my website. It's nataliemashal.com. My last name is spelled M-A-S-H-A-A-L.com. Or you can find me on Facebook on my fan page, um, and we can have some kind of exchange and see if there's anything that you know I can help you with. I'm happy to. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Had a great hour. Great time. That's it, gang, for this uh, week of Women to Watch here on 1180 WFYL. And please have a great week and go out there and, and live your dreams. Thank you. For information on becoming a guest on Women to Watch, or if you have questions for Susan or any of her guests, please call 215-313-5561 or email srocco233 at gmail.com.